Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am Pooch of Repcord. With me, as always, my trusty co-host, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Frank Ippolito, the big cheese at Thingergy <laughs> Inc. out of Burbank, California. Frank, welcome. Thank you for being on the pod with us today. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Oh, man. Look who's chipper this morning. You know, threw a little water yeah. on your face when you got up this morning. You know? <laughs> Looking good, dude. Looking good, brother. Yeah. For those uh, for those of us out there uh, who don't know you, uh, you got to tell everybody who you are, what you do, what is Thingergy, all the good stuff. Go. All right. Uh, well, I'm Frank, and at Thingergy, we make things. <laughs> it it could like, be it, easier. Very it, descriptive. It, well, it... <laughs> It feels like the, the like dumbest name I could have come up with, um, but I don't know. I I couldn't come up with anything better at the time, so we just went with Thingergy. It's it. Um, li- the logo literally says we make things. Yeah, and it's, it's a fair descriptor. Awesome. Well, okay. So when I started this company, um, you know, over over ten years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, most I came from the makeup effects industry, and everybody was like, "Such and such effects," or "Blah blah blah." You know, such yeah. and such props, or sure. It's like I don't want to like pigeonhole myself of just creatures or just makeup or just effects or just whatever. So right. It's like no, we, do, we make things. Um, and and on the back of my old business card, when it was just me, it just it's just that I make things. So. It, 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 there you go. So you want the opposite of pigeonholing? You just went broad, yeah, broad strokes, everything. And yeah. which is an interesting business, you know, strategy too. I mean, I could kind of see some really cool avenues in which you could take that. So, <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's it's I probably in hindsight would have picked something that was easier to spell, um, or rolled off the tongue a little bit easier because sometimes people are like, "Is thingery thingery thingery?" No, it's thingery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. So. In hindsight, kind of dumb, but I don't know, whatever. There's so many like creative agencies that we work for that have the dumbest names on the planet. So I was like, well, I might as well be another one of those dumb names. Okay, so, okay, so we've covered the name, but tell people the type of things that you're making. Because we're this is very humble just to say, oh, we make things. Like you yeah. make epic <laughs> things. Um, well, I like I said before, I kind of started in the uh, makeup effects industry for about ten years. I did prosthetics and special effects uh for movies and stuff worked on things like pirates of the caribbean and chronicles of riddick buffy the vampire slayer i worked for all these like amazing makeup artists and and other effects uh people um i never worked at like the big shops like rick baker or stan winston it was always for like smaller individuals so it was much more of like a small business kind of uh way of doing things um but the movie industry is ridiculous and um so I ended up kind of doing my own thing and getting my own little clients and started doing things that were more um, prop oriented, um, which I found kind of scratched the same itch as doing makeup effects. When I was younger, I just wanted to make creatures. And, you know, you always have this idea like, well, that's what I got to do to be happy. But I found that building props and building other things, um, you know, still made me happy. Uh, and so I kept getting more clients, uh, needed more space, needed some more help more space, more clients, more space. And now I'm in 13,000 square feet and we fluctuate between wow. 10 and 30 employees, depending on what the job is. Yeah. And it's an um, awesome space. I've been down there. I've seen it with my own two eyes. It's a really good, this is what, what, 
number of shop are you in? Because you've moved a few times now. Yeah. So, well, when I first started doing stuff on my own, I was just working out of my bedroom. Um, I had actually moved my bed out of my bedroom and I was just sleeping in the living room and I, and my bedroom was the workshop. Yeah. And I only did that for a couple of months and it was just ridiculous. Um, and then I got a, a live work loft. And so I had probably about 600 square feet of workspace. Okay. Um, and then I started sharing like an industrial workspace with uh, a sculptor friend of mine named Mike Hill. Mm. And then I outgrew that after about a year or two. Um, and I got my own shop space next to him. So that was about a thousand square feet. Wow. And then outgrew that and went up to 2,500, then 3,600, then 10,000, then 14,000. And then now I'm a little over 13 right now. Yeah. And so what next, what's next 20, you can get into the high rise at some point, you know? No, you know, (laughs) it's, there's only like, I I feel like I've kind of hit a ceiling for how much like my bandwidth can hold uh-huh. um mm-hmm. and to you know to do something where i grow bigger there needs to be a whole bunch of infrastructure that goes with it there needs to be more project management there needs to be like yeah. it just needs to be structured way different than than the small like mom and pop business that i run by myself yeah um sure. and, and so to get to that you know next level of you know size and scope um i would probably need to take on um either uh, a partner or mm-hmm. merge with somebody or, or something to, to make this any bigger than it is right now. Gotcha. Um, and, and we're going to talk about that. So the, the theme today is building for the future. And so I want to, I've got a laundry list of things and I know we only have an hour, so we're, we'll just have to do the best we can, but you know, I want to talk to you about like sustainability, finding comfort and we'll, we'll do all that, but we got to pause for a second, do our normal housekeeping, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, for those of you who are listening back after the fact on all the podcast platforms, we do record every Friday. What is it? Friday? It's Friday. Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific. We are on YouTube, uh, and that's a great way to interact with us. If you have questions for us or for our guests, uh, feel free to join us in the chat. We are delighted to see a lot of our regular friends and uh, mm-hmm. companions in the chat this morning. Good morning, Mihao and Liz and Mike and all that stuff. Uh, and again... Please like, subscribe, suggest to others, and uh, interact with us. We've got our handles down below. Uh, Fra- Frank was being really modest and stuff, but if you want to see the caliber of what he's done, I would say, what would you say, Frank? Your uh, probably your your Insta feed is is one of the best visuals uh, for that. Yeah, there's there's like well, our website thingergyinc.com is pretty good. Um, we're just about to uh, redo that website, so that'll be cool. even better in the next couple of months. Um, and then yeah, Instagram, yeah, Thingergy Inc. And then Frank Ippolito at Thingergy. Well, we got descriptions. Or Frank Ippolito at Instagram. Yeah, Frank, we got we've got descriptions for all of that down below. So open that up, take a look, and see what we're talking about. And I'm sure you'll have plenty of questions mm-hmm. as you come across some of these uh, uh, projects that he's done. But I know you've done a lot of work. Uh, you've done some stuff like for for movies certainly but disney uh you're not you're not just film and tv you've done stuff for the mm-hmm. gaming industry pretty much anybody that needs something awesome made right yeah yeah pretty much yeah and and it's just word of mouth and reputational i'm assuming from you know what you've built over the years Most, you're not mostly you're, you're not actively having to go out and and sell it seems like you keep pretty busy with it but phone keeps ringing huh yeah no and you know for us like social media doesn't really seem to move the needle at all either so i don't really? post as much as a lot of other people do hmm. 
um, you know, hmm. only out of lack of necessity. Like if I felt that I needed it, I'd probably post more. That's that's interesting. I want to I want to dive in on that. that in just, just a second. Uh, but let's do our wins of the week, because, uh, Frank, we're a very positive podcast here. We yeah. talk about we get, we harness that good energy, block out the bad. look at us. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. We're smiling. Happy dudes here. Uh, and so. Hey, good uh, morning. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. So. So as always, uh, I start by putting Andrew on the spot, mostly because I uh, never think of my own win uh, to begin with. But Andrew's going to talk about. Some win he's had this week. It could be in your personal life, can be your, you know, business life. And then if you're in the chat, guys, share your wins with us for this week. We want to hear about what's good in your life and happening. And Frank, you're on deck, so have it ready. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay go, Andrew. What do you got? Yeah, well, so you know, it's a it's a progressive win. I'll call it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we haven't crossed the finish line yet, but uh, we are on the market for, or not on the market, but in looking in the market for a new space. Um, you know, as everyone kind of knows, we started Gloop out of my house and it's basically grown to take it over entirely. Um, I can relate. And uh, we just got, we just got word from uh, the city that we're located in that uh, they are uh, exploring the potential of allowing a variance for us to get a very particular building that's really close and would, you know, more than, you know, quadruple if not quintuple the size that we're currently in so it's it's gonna be cool hopefully <laughs> that's great man that's great awesome to hear all right frank what do you got what's what's good in your life these days oh i gotta go second i thought you were gonna go no second, i told dude. you you're on deck <laughs> um well i mean to be honest uh big win this week was actually having you down here pooch oh come on stop it. no oh, no no, no. i'm not it. i'm not just trying to jerk you off a little bit like <laughs> He came down and helped us do some fine tuning and some massaging of our print farm to get a little bit more efficiency out of it and kind of homogenize some of the some of the workflow. And, you know, I mean, other than the typical print failures like we always get, um, it's it's humming along and it's nice. And it was like it was really good to kind of have uh, that energy and be able to kind of upgrade some of our workflow and get things kind of chooching a little better that's very kind of you sir uh totally unexpected but we did do some massaging and had a good fun and man do you have an awesome team down there i gotta say you know shout out to to yelena and and gary and the rest of the crew uh i felt very welcome and at home and it was just it was just fun and an easy work as if there is such a, a such a thing so i'm glad to say we you know <laughs> I think we moved the needle. Uh, I wish I had a little more time because, you know, I'm just that I want to dive in. I want to perfect. But I know in business, we don't have the luxury of perfecting things. Perfect is the enemy of good enough. Right. As I say. But uh, I think we got to a good result. So hopefully Frank feels like he got his money's worth and, and time's worth and, and didn't have to tolerate, you know, putting up with me any longer than he had to. So that was, <laughs> that was great. That was good. Uh, my win for the week. I'm gonna say uh, I've been I've been really hitting hard on some some redesign work on our belt farm, which I've been just obsessed with. Uh, anybody that <clears throat> you know has been following me for any period of time knows I love my my belt printers and wall mounting things because I don't have a whole lot of space, and so we've come up with some interesting techniques there. But you know we've of course unleashed some limitations as we try to push the envelope of quality on that thing. So it's a, it's a great machine for just pooping out parts of, you know, a certain quality, but um, we've got some new, new designs in the work and it works. And our partner in uh, LDO motors is doing some 
awesome stuff for us getting like a higher grade of, of, of rail and gear that we need to really dial this thing in. So it feels like probably what a lot of those, um, you know, car tuners, you know, it's like starting with a Honda Accord or something and then trying to put a blower, you know, or just some ridiculous <laughs> stuff on, on a really weird platform to start with. But given that it's cutting edge and there aren't really any other good options, um, that's what we decided to do and invest in. And awesome. so I'm encouraged by it, but it's, you know, it's classic two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. So, um, but anyway, new designs, uh, and hopefully we can convert that into some kits so we can eventually, you know, biggest request I get is education around what we've done. So other companies, other people can use it. And that's like always the last thing I have time to <laughs> work on. Cause we're, we're constantly changing it. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to over, you know, hype it until I feel comfortable mm-hmm. with it. And I don't know when that's going to be. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, anyway, good, good headway there. So good wins for the week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for sharing. And uh, let's let's push in a little bit on the meat and potatoes uh, for this for this week. That's uh, yeah, there it is. Get to the Italian. <laughs> Uh, we uh, we got to pause. I got to say one of the one of the best things about being down in in Burbank with with Frank uh, is they have such better food options down there. And Frank knows all the best places. And he took me to this amazing like Italian market restaurant thing. And if you followed my Twitter earlier, you saw I was complaining. I learned that pasta sauce is considered a liquid by the TSA, so they confiscated my nice awesome you know pasta sauce uh and i was sad about that so that's a that's a pooch rant for you i suppose they did tell me if i'd frozen it i could have taken mm-hmm. it which makes yep. no sense to me so it makes you, no sense so yeah so if you have something that's potentially explosive you know no whatever <laughs> but anyway uh good food that was an awesome trip that was another big win i would say for the week uh, the food was a good one uh, as well but meat and potatoes yes. um Building for the future. So I think one of the common threads that all three of us have, and we're obviously in different parts. Uh, Andrew Mm -hmm. is still just, you know, in what Frank was describing, kind of the early phase, just trying to move out of the basement, get that official space. They've been seeing explosive growth, which is awesome and all that stuff. But obviously to grow, you need to be able to have people helping you out and all that stuff. And you can't really just have a bunch of people show up in your basement. Uh, or you can, but mm-hmm. you know, question you can the, you question the legalities. You, you of that. can. It gets a little weird. <laughs> uh, and then you know we've been in our shop space in about three years now, so I still feel very startup ish. But um, you know I've got two employees and all that stuff. And then and Frank has scaled. You, you said you've been anywhere to what up to fifteen or something at some point. Or? Uh, we maxed out at like thirty three. Holy on one smokes! Of, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. and, and, and and we're also space. a union company, so we're yeah mm-hmm. yeah we're a unionized company so all of our employees yeah. get uh benefits they get uh health care and pension and everything through the unions paid yeah. time off Let's... all that stuff right <laughs> nobody seems to like really ask me about paid time off like because it's like a very <laughs> oh. well, well it's a very freelance industry yeah. like the the movie okay. industry is freelance it's not like you know um it's it's a little bit different than other businesses i get and there's not very many places that have like full-time employees and as much okay. as you know, I've had people that have been with me for like Gary's been with me for like seven years. Yeah. Um, it, there's not really like a, hey, I'm gonna take my paid time off. It's like, hey, I'm not gonna work this week. I'm gonna take off if you don't mind. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, because it's 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 well, it's a freelance industry. But it's um, it's work hard, play hard too. Because I was gonna say, like, I didn't get the, the vibe at all. Everybody that was there just seemed genuinely energized, wanted to be there, knew when it was crunch time. 
Uh, yeah. But then you've got your, they've got, uh, you know, 11 o'clock lunch break, like clockwork. That's Frank's policy, which is, you know, they, they, that, okay. they have a good flow of things. And I love, I love that. But what I was going to say was that the common, the common thread that I think we have as <clears throat> makers kind of getting into business uh, seems to be like you, you kind of, you start this thing and then you get the flywheel turning. And then you're, a lot of times you're like, where you're so busy with the growth mm-hmm. and the making and all that stuff. And it's like, wait, where are we actually going with this? And so I, I want to take, take some time to talk about that. Um, you know, obviously at some point, I think we all want to be able to retire and we always, so it's like, what, you know, what are we trying to build? What is sustainable? Frank touched on this earlier too. Like growing into the next giant thing is not necessarily, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an equilibrium mm-hmm. that I think everybody has to assess for themselves, like where they're comfortable being. Um, and there's different tools to manage that. I think Frank, you talk on the, on the union piece, this is new. I haven't experienced that before. And it didn't even occur to me the benefits that that brings in terms of bringing in work, uh, obviously establishing your reputation, Hey, you're a union shop. And so I know there's a lot of networking opportunity from that. And then all the benefits to the employees, instead of us worrying about having to do it all ourselves, you know, how do I, how do I pay my, uh, my employees for healthcare and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is managed through that. So that's a, that's a good way to go. And especially in the film industry and in the movie industry where, where unionization is, is big down there. I can, I can appreciate how valuable that is. Can we stay on that a sec? Can you talk about that experience? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, was that the goal well, from we, the jump? No, it wasn't. Well, the goal from the jump was never even to, to start a business. I just <laughs> wanted to work in the industry. Right. Um, right. I would have been completely content being a mold maker at some shop, you know, I, I really love the, te- the technical aspect of things. And um, like I came from the mold making, uh, you know, department kind of a thing. Yeah. And when I started getting my own jobs, that's when it turned into like, you know, growing a company and all the pitfalls of learning how to mm-hmm. navigate, not only this industry, but owning a company um, made plenty of mistakes, um, you know, pissed off plenty of people along the road (laughs) like you know i can't make everybody happy and thankfully i've learned from those mistakes whether what kind of people to watch out for or how Mm. to not treat people the wrong way or how to you know like how to talk to people Mm -hmm. a little bit better and you know you know quench my like italian (laughs) hot-headedness um (laughs) you know it but it's all a learning experience and if you don't take those if you don't take those pitfalls and grow from them, then you're going to be stagnant and you're not going to be able to be successful and move on and get to your next day. Cause you're never going to fix anything. You, gotta, sure. you have to fix those things. And sometimes these things were like definitely my fault. Sometimes it was, you know, a gray area. Sometimes it was, that was the wrong person, you know, yeah, like yeah. to have around. So, you know, being able to recognize what it is that I was doing wrong or what, what decisions took me down the wrong path and, don't do that next time. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. y- y- you, you had this moment where you decided though, that, well, if I'm going to get to where I want to be, I may as well just do it myself. I'm going to start my own company. And so do you, do you remember what that moment it was, was? It was? It wasn't even that it was like, well, I have a client that, that doesn't, it's not, that's not cutting a check to Frank at Bolito for, you know, $35,000. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we need your, your business. We need your tax ID and all this stuff. And I'm like, Give me a minute. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> and, don't have that. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and it was it, all of this is out of necessity. Like, you know, it, again, starting out as a freelance artist in this industry, most people are 1099. You know, right. you mm-hmm. fill out your 1099, you give uh, somebody an invoice, which is 
totally not the right way to do it. I, the movie industry is upside down sometimes, especially mm. smaller makeup effects shops um, and individual makeup effects people. So I would do most stuff by 1099. So when I started the company, everything was everybody was 1099 because right. it's like I don't know. I mm -hmm. mean, this, that's how it always was. That's how I learned. Right. And then, and then I learned that you have to put people on payroll. I learned how to do that. And then we were doing payroll ourselves. And then I realized how much of a pain in the butt that is. And you know, the mm -hmm. bookkeeping infrastructure. And then I got a yeah. payroll company. And then we started doing really well. I mean, we were growing, you know, steadily. Mm -hmm. And then we were doing really well. And then I was like, well, I want to give people, you know, health benefits and insurance and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found that it was easier to go union than to get my own plans. Sure. And manage that and stuff like that. So how many years in would you say that was when you kind of crossed into that? Mm, pay, we started doing payroll in 2017. I hope the IRS ain't listening. <laughs> <laughs> they are the IRS um, is a big fan of this podcast. I will warn you. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Now I know all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're all yeah. Italian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and then we went union in 2019, I think. Okay. Okay. 2019. Okay, so four or five years ago for that. And yeah, maybe, maybe it was end of 18, beginning of 19, somewhere in there is when I went union. I can't remember. And um, it's it, it's it's interesting. So given that I, I, I look at where you're at and I'm like, oh, man, I hope that's where I can you know be in you know 10 years time because we're, we're still so just new to the whole thing. Um, but my you know, the, the, the Rubicon that I feel caught in right now is it's like like all of us, we all have the common thread. We just want to make cool stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then you realize really quick your job becomes like you're this just big administrative project manager a lot of the time you're dealing with fire after fire that has nothing to do with actually creating any i mean you're creating something amazing right you're creating a facility mm -hmm. to allow these you know the mechanisms to have a team of people make cool stuff which is great mm -hmm. and 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 awesome but it really disconnects you from like where the rubber meets the road a lot of the time so what advice do you have frank in terms of like how do, how do you still satiate that desire to just get your hands dirty and and not get too overwhelmed with the mechanics of the business side so that you don't burn out oh the burnout's real um, <laughs> that, yeah that i mean that that's probably never going to go away and i'm always going to have to you know walk that line between you know having to be stuck in the office and doing it like i have a stack of papers here on my desk that like with lists mm -hmm. of things that I need to get, get to like, we're, yeah. we're in the process of getting, uh, you know, our spray booth put in cause we just moved into this new building and like, I gotta go fill out AQMD forms. Like, and it's just like, but I want to like <laughs> go do fun stuff, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it sucks. I don't know. I it's, wish it's, that somebody else would do it, but whatever. Like, whatever. I know, I know, but it's not something you can't just like bring somebody in to yeah. just handle all that. I mean, maybe you can, but I don't even know where you, you begin. You kind of can, that. but it's it's cost prohibitive at this scale. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I was if I was like a big you know multi million dollar, uh, if I was a multi 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 million dollar like tens of millions of dollar company, right? Yeah. Then mm -hmm. then you would hire a contractor and they would just handle all this stuff. But sure. they're still admit, mm -hmm. or I'd have a project manager that hand throw some money at the problem. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You put you put staff and middle management on those things, mm -hmm. and that's how I wouldn't have to deal with it. 
which I'm sure um, comes with its mm-hmm. own challenges as well. But yeah, of course. I, yeah. but you're, you're, but, it's all trade-offs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. do I really want to spend that kind of money on somebody else doing this where it's just like, I just need to suck it up and go do it. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a balance, like figuring out like what stuff I do farm out and what stuff I do figure out sure. on my own. Sure. Um, but well, well, what I what I saw clearly was, you, you, and and another common thread bet- between us is you you very much have the mentality. It's like, oh, I I can do this, or I can figure it out. Like you're, it's problem solving, mm-hmm. right? And so, yep. as long as you have the mindset that it's just like I can do it, I don't want to do it necessarily. And then you you decide, you evaluate: is it worth the money? Is it worth the time? And and then you go in between. Do you? Do you try to carve out some time where you get there? I mean, are you still are you still doing some, you know, are you painting? Are you you doing it all oh, still, yeah. yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, on the project we're doing right now, like, I've been doing a bunch of the 3, 3D work for, like, some, some internal structures of this thing that we're building. Mm-hmm. I did all the paint tests and all of the, like, early samples of how we're going to do things. And once we get into, you know, the final assembly of what we're building, I'm going to end up doing a lot of the painting because I enjoy it. Um, you know, and figuring out the methodology of how we're going to build this thing and how we're going to accomplish what we need to do. Like, I'm very much involved in that. I mean, I love that aspect of it. And I, you know, um, the, the team is like, I try to always hire people that are like way better than me, but they're mm-hmm. like extensions of my arms. They're like really good versions of my arms. Yeah. Like, this is how we mm-hmm. should do, you know, like, so I'm just a captain stirring a boat, steering a boat. But maybe mm-hmm. that other guy's like really good at pulling an anchor in. I'm kind of skinny or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure. Yeah. You, you just, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. So you, you mentioned. <laughs> bad analogy. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Bad no. analogy. It's, it's, it's a perfect. It would not be the worst analogy ever thrown out here. I'll tell you that. But, the, you know, we're, we're good at bad metaphors and analogy here. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I think it's a perfectly fine one. And, and, you know, we hear that phrase to surround yourself with people that are better than yourself. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times so I got that is a hundred percent, you know, the wise. only people that don't are the ones that have an ego problem. Mm, mm. Yeah. Cause then they want yeah, to keep everybody down. I have to imagine you run into that, uh, especially in the industry you're at movie uh, industry. Yeah. yeah There's just, so much yeah. that I have to juggle with. Um, you have to figure out whether people are making their decisions based on ego mm. Um, mm. or, or greed. Um, you know, yeah, not every, yeah, not everybody. Yeah. So that's one, an interesting point. One of the challenges I've noticed too, is like, you're working on these massive epic projects a lot of times that you can't even talk about. Right. Because yeah. some of these productions are like, you know, years in the making. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah. so, you know, I you, worked on the first, when I worked on star Wars on the force awakens, it was like almost two years between, between when I worked on it. And when I could talk about it. Yeah. Wow. And so, and by the time you can talk about it, you're already on to the next, you know, couple things too. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you were talking about earlier, like, oh, well, you know, we don't feel like our social media moves the needle as much and all that stuff. Do you think a lot of that has to do with the timing of it? Or is it just the caliber of people? They're like, I, I don't care what's on your, Instagram. I mean, at some point you need to have your portfolio together. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it, what it is. Like there's a, there's a ton of stuff. Like I just keep forgetting, like I haven't posted almost anything from black Adam. Like we worked on a whole bunch of stuff from that movie and I keep forgetting to dig through my computer to find those pictures <laughs> to post about, stuff we built on black adam and that yeah. was that came out months ago you yeah. know yeah. um 
I, you know, we just we did work on Dungeons and Dragons, which came out a couple weeks ago. Um, and mm-hmm. thankfully, I just happened to have the pictures like at my fingertips. So I was like, okay, I'll post. And so for three days, I posted. And then, and then I don't know when I'm going to post anything again. And you then you're on to the next. And thing. then silence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, um, so it, it, it's so funny because he's so humble. I like, I'm walking through there. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, this was in, yeah, this was in Black Adam. Mm-hmm. This was in Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, why, why, why aren't you talking about this more? It was, well, because you're busy making the next thing. And sometimes you can't. And, yeah. you know, so it's, that's well, an interesting challenge. So, so I, I would like to kind of circle back to a point that that Frank was making earlier about you know having to walk the line with with ego, um, you know, or or other people or other individuals, you know, as as maker entrepreneurs, like we often kind of build our organization in this model that Jim Collins I think coined so perfectly, which is like the genius with a thousand helpers, mm. um, you know. So so we have this idea that you know the you know the the founder the the inception of the idea you know, is, is key. And then you add a bunch of spokes to the wheel, which are the helpers helping the founder create something awesome. Um, you know, how do you, you know, how, how do you com- kind of combat that in, in sort of this, this industry, you know, as you were mentioning, like, you know, there are people that are doing it for greed or there are people that are doing it very egotistically. Um, you know, how do you separate yourself from being the capital founder to just a person who's actually helping the team instead of, you know, being this genius with a thousand helpers. Hmm. Well, I didn't call the place Frank effects. You know, I didn't <laughs> call the probably place. probably a good start. <laughs> yeah. I didn't call it Frankie and co. I didn't call it any of the silly names that I was, you know, <laughs> drunkenly trying to, to think Burbank. of. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a really funny, like little logo. My friend drew me for Frankie and co. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, but I didn't name it after me because this company isn't about me. You go look on our social mm-hmm. media, go look on our Instagram there's very little pictures of me on there. Like it's almost always Mm -hmm. me raising up my crew and raising up the people that really do the stuff like, you know, Gary and Elena and our painter Mm -hmm. task, like who, like all of these, you know, wonderful people. Yeah. Those are the ones that are really the, like the lifeblood of the company. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and I purposefully don't make this about me, you know, like, because it's, I'm just another, I'm just another employee, you know, really. Mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting because I feel like I keep running into these and I understand there's different strategies for going about mm-hmm. it. But like when people, people consider me and RepCord almost mm-hmm. one in the same because I'm so interwoven in like what I'm doing and what we're, well, say the know, same thing making. about, about me and Fingergy. Like people usually think of us as the mm-hmm. same. Right. But, but, I, but you but have, have a better, have to, like toot that horn. <laughs> yeah. It's just what it is, you know? Well, mm-hmm. and, and to me, I, I think, as a small business, a lot of times I think there's a lot of value in in trying to show like, hey, th- this is who I am and this is what you are supporting. But there there is a fine mm-hmm. fine line, of course, between ego and I know a, a ton of other small business owners that that talk in the like in the we voice and the third you know third person mm-hmm. more and and I think that's mm-hmm. good. Or they'll have a separate account for the business account and the personal mm-hmm. account, like you do, Frank. And I think that's yep. a good strategy too. I just don't have the time to want to manage each of those things, and so I'm just like. <laughs> And, and I've told you too, like half of it for me is just kind of like, I would do this for fun because it's like a, a kind of a journaling process of where I am in my life at a given point in time. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a weird mix of uh, fart jokes that I think are hilarious plus some business stuff mixed in, which is such a weird amalgam. <laughs> yeah. And I get people well, like, that's not very professional, but I'm like, well, I don't care if you think it's professional. I like it. So. Like to that same point. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, fuck, I, I didn't take any pictures of us like goofing around or working when you were here. I in said the, the same mm-hmm. thing when I got back. Like, I'm like, Ugh. 
because I'm I'm so like caught up in the moment. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. and it's almost like it's almost like I'm overcompensating for this like trend of everybody taking a selfie every four seconds, and I'm like, ah, I don't need to take a picture. But then I'm like, fuck, why didn't yeah. I take any pictures? I, that is such a <laughs> fine line to walk because it's like I feel like I've t- I've talked to Andrew about this in the past too, and mm-hmm. let's know in the chat what your feels are on this because. You know, we love going, we go to these great trade shows, we go to these events, we interact with some amazing yep. people. These are these are friends that we've, you know, you know, hold in high regard and all this stuff. And it's like, I, I, I genuinely like the experience. And when I pause to take that selfie, it, that, that mm-hmm. sets a tone a lot of the time where it's like, I don't, I don't want to tell you, Frank, that I'm just down here because I want to get a selfie with Frank Ippolito at Thingergy. I want to be mm-hmm. in the moment. We should have. <laughs> it's a it's a balance. It's mm-hmm. like you you need that photographer. I've always said I, I wish a drone just followed me around and just kind of did some documentation, <laughs> so I didn't have to worry There's about. It's a million it. dollar idea, guys. Somebody's got to. It's it, gonna happen. It, yeah. Why DJI not have one of these things already? I, I mean, a selfie drone goes a selfie drone. <laughs> it lands. You, you know, think about the content creators. How much they would love that, right? Yeah. yeah it it, just, it mounts to your it. backpack and it just comes up and yeah. floats mm-hmm. around. Yeah. And when it needs a recharge, it goes back onto your backpack and. There you go. Yeah. Billion dollar yeah. idea. Somebody, somebody, somebody go make that. Yeah. yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll sign us up. We'll take a few. But but you know what I mean, where it's like, I don't want to set it, especially when you're first getting to know people, I don't want to set a tone that, because there's a lot of people out there that are literally just trying to be, and you mm-hmm. don't know that. Wait a second. The first time I met you, you came into my shop and shot videos. Like the very, like almost the second I, you came into the well, shop. Well, f- to be fair. <laughs> Okay. It's busted. It's awesome. Yeah, but I, I wasn't taking a bunch of selfies with you. I was like focused on the work. I was blown away by the work. I mean, I'm seeing these things that I've seen in, in Star Wars, in a movie, yeah. and all this stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. And it's, I can see it in front of me. Uh, and, you mm-hmm. know, my buddy uh, Andrew Sink, big uh, Gundam fan. I'm like, that Gundam helmet that you have there, like, yeah. you just, even just looking at the pictures on Instagram or, or when, when you do have it up there doesn't really set, you know so i was like oh my god you gotta see this and so i send it you know yeah. to people mm-hmm. and stuff but it was it was not meant to be but I but know. that's what i'm, I'm just, talking I'm, about i know you're giving me I'm crap just, yeah. but but you get you get the point right and i i used to complain about this with my my own mom like at at holiday event you know we're we're having a good time at the party everybody's eating and talking and she's mm-hmm. like has to stop everybody and then get everybody together for the photo. We got to take the photo. And in the, in the moment we all hated it. Cause we were just like, Hey, we're having a good time here. We don't want to go out in the backyard and take the photo of the group photo. Mm-hmm. But thank God she did because it's like, yeah. I look back mm-hmm. on it now. I'm like, that was a really good party. So there's a balance, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I just think that, that it's been overcompensating for some of this younger generation to do nothing, but take selfies. Nothing but, and now it, I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to be one of them. You I'm, know, I'm like, with and, you. and, and so now we have to now we have to get back to that that equilibrium, right? Instead of mm-hmm. the overcompensating. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's 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 a balancing it's a balancing act like anything. But I f- I feel that eh, there's always, well, we don't want to get next, caught. Next there's time. always time. It, there's mm-hmm. always next time, and then yeah. you know hopefully you know make sure that next time always keeps coming. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about ego. We talked about kind of where you are, where you're going. You're you're kind of teasing. Are you able to? Maybe not in great detail, but um, kind of talk about some projects that you're currently working on in generalities. Um, well, you know, we've built big statues for video game companies in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did we did some uh, bunch of ten foot tall statues for Borderlands. We did like six yeah. of them yeah. back in 2019. Wow. Um, in 
You did the Cletus. Uh, that was for yeah. Dan we did Bell. the Cletus. Yeah. That was in 2017, I believe. It's a um, character. It was for a 14 the... foot tall uh, Fox Sports robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. We we've done. We did a big like dragon creature sculpture for Monster Hunter for Ubisoft back in 2014, 15. Um, so we've done a lot of big big builds for video game companies. Big. So we're doing another mm-hmm. one of those things. Yeah. It was going to be for E3, but that got uh, E3 went away because um mm-hmm. i don't know um but it's going to be for something for another event yeah. so that's, that's awesome and that's about great. as general as i think i can get yeah and it's it's, it's big, mixed media like obviously you yeah. you'd mentioned you're you're having it's, to make a skeleton yeah. and an exoskeleton and a... yeah it's not quite as mixed media as the borderland statues were that was a true like culmination of all of the skills that we do but this one's pretty cool it's, I think it's gonna be rad. Awesome. I'm excited. I mean, he's I'm being humble. It. It's incredible. And, and the funny thing is, guys, until you build something at this scale, I've been I, I've been humble. Frank mentioned at the top of the show, I've been doing a little consulting on it, so I, I've gotten to see it firsthand. And well, two things that strike me: one, how cool as a cucumber Frank is, given the timeline of this thing and how ambitious it is. But that's that's what he does. And obviously, when you draw from years of experience doing this kind of thing and knowing all the tools in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff, it's like, you know what, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it done. And I 100% believe it will get done and it will be epic and amazing and all of this stuff. And he's just being completely, yeah, you know, yeah, we'd be <laughs> You say cool as a cucumber, but what everybody doesn't see is me not sleeping at night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. Just, the, mm-hmm. I've been, I've been kind of banging my head against the wall with uh, a metal fabricator, this guy that was going to weld up this. Infra- this in- internal framework and uh just totally dropped the ball and we're like weeks behind and so i've had to like oh, jump no. back in and i've had to redesign it and i've had to get a new vendor and we're, we're back on track now but for a handful of days i was just like what the literal yeah, like yeah, what yeah. Am, yeah. not what am i gonna do but like oh I, I hate when somebody that's a professional and you've seen them do good work and they know what they're doing but they just like I don't know if this is just mm-hmm. like out of his league or just too big of a scope or whatever it is. And it's just, I just went down this path that was just like wrong. Yeah. And yeah. so I've had a course correct, you know, grab a new vendor, like get everything back on track, which is a lot of legwork. And, you know, like as soon as I get off of this podcast, I got to get back into Fusion 360 and finish this, you know, this redesign oh, wow. of the armature. Yeah. But it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, Just a little bit of work, and 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 you've got you, you get your good days and your bad days. Obviously, yeah. you go through the process, mm-hmm. and sometimes it just takes a little time to have that breakthrough and and just yeah. stop, you know, feeling pissed about mm-hmm. it, and just like okay, let's work the problem, right? You know, yep. it's like, and you you fix enough problems, you get to go home, as they say, <laughs> <laughs> someday. But it's, he loves that quote. <laughs> I do love that quote. Uh, I love that book. I love that movie. It's uh, it speaks to me on multiple fronts. And and Frank's actually done done work on that. I believe. Can you talk about that? Or you, you that one? was a personal one, right? The the helmet, what? the Martian helmet. Oh, um, it's unfinished. I think you said you yeah, started yeah, yeah. Okay, doing so it. Okay, so a bunch of years ago, yeah. um, when I was doing videos with Tested.com, um, Adam mm-hmm. got uh, access to the to the Martian costume when they were you know when that movie came out and they were marketing that, and so we we got suit it got delivered to my to my shop and we spent a day patterning it and and molding all the parts and you know and everything and so we had and we also got digital assets for us to recreate that costume and this was back when i was untested all the time and um and then tested and i kind of you know my business was growing Mm -hmm. they were going in a different direction 
and so I don't have any either, um, you know, I don't have any reason to finish it for them. Mm. Um, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's not like there's money. It's not like they're paying me to do mm-hmm. it. And it's not like I'm getting any more content out of, you know, being on the site. So it's just in boxes on the shelf. Um, I do want to finish it for myself because I love that costume. The company that built it, FBFX, like they're really good guys. Mm. Um, and I think that they do gorgeous work. Um and I, you know, I'm a nerd. I like that kind of stuff. And so I want to finish <laughs> that Martian costume one day. Yeah. Um, and I will. Yeah. Um, awesome. It's just another thing in the giant list of. Oh, um, yeah. You've yeah. Seen, yeah. You've seen the the stacks and stacks of things that I have to finish one day. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many? It, that's another common thread, right? It's like, how many projects mm-hmm. do we have in progress at any given time? And it's a lot for me, you know, as yeah. well. it's like, oh, I should really finish that. But, you know, that's a that's a common thread between the maker entrepreneurs out there. But then right? every <laughs> once in a while, it's like, you know what? It's I'm like in gonna, our DNA. I'm going to take that weekend and I'm going to do it. And, and you mm-hmm. know, and that's good. And that's grounding sometimes, too. So, yeah. you know, and. I've, you know, when opportunities do come up for me to like knock a bunch of stuff off the list, I, I can get on a good roll. Like, yeah. um, like right after we moved into the shop and I got set up, the industry has been pretty slow because there's this pending strike, like writer strike going on. Mm-hmm. And mm. so there's just like no movie jobs going on right now. There's very few. Um, and so because it was so slow, I just started pecking away at some of my to-do list. Um, and it's, it's been great. And then, you know, this, this project came up and so now I'm back on this horse, but Mm-hmm. You know, or like when the pandemic hit, I got so much stuff done. Like when there was lockdown and nobody could come in, <laughs> it was just me and my shop for, you know, for that whole time, you know, where everybody was stuck at home. I was stuck in sure. you know, a 14,000 square foot workshop Playing by myself around. with yeah. no yeah. phones ringing. It was great. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I got a ton of stuff done. I got, you know, I started a couple of projects that I don't know when I'm going to finish them, but I, you know, I also leveled up a lot and, and got to peck away at that to-do list yeah we were joking mm-hmm. when i was down there frank's just waiting for the next pandemic you know eagerly so he can sure get, can get back to his yeah, happy I, place <laughs> welcome it with open arms yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know frank frank mentioned that you know he took that time to to level up uh, so you know to kind of go back to um you know that the whole concept of building for tomorrow you know what are some of the things that you're doing to kind of level up your business or build it so that you know maybe there is a separation event or something where it's not just oh frank runs thingergy you know it's well thingergy can exist on its own i think in good question in the hopes and dreams big picture um i think it would be great if i could find um either a company to merge with or a partner mm-hmm. to merge so it's got but it's got to be the right fit because it's it's sure it's it's near impossible to find somebody to start with or somebody to get into mm-hmm. a relationship with and get married or what like it's yeah it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's dangerous so mm-hmm. if if i could find the right fit um it like that would be the way for it to happen um you know and i and i know i i talked to you about this when you were down here everything's for sale, you know, and any business person that doesn't think that everything is for sale all the time is Mm -hmm. running their business out of ego, you know, that Thingergy's for Mm -hmm. sale. I don't care. Somebody came with enough money and wanted to, I don't, I don't know that it's worth like what it's worth. Like what is the reputation, the Rolodex, the, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. my assets, what is this stuff worth? I don't know. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I, if somebody, but the point saw, is, yeah. yeah, if somebody saw value and wanted to like mm-hmm. merge with me and grow to the next thing, that might be the out. 
but I don't know that that will ever happen. It may not. Um, mm -hmm. No, but I, that's an interesting mindset. And it struck me because, you know, we were having that conversation. I was like, it, it feels like just light years away. It's like my, my hope is that at some point all this work will ultimately come to fruition in the sense that it's like, yeah, you know, I don't have a traditional 401k and all this stuff, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping mm -hmm. this becomes a nest egg that I can sell or, you know, whatever the, the thought of or just, maybe someone wants to just buy you to put you out of business so that they don't have a competition. Who cares? I don't mm -hmm. care why I just want yeah. like, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, that, that there's, that there's an exit, but it's weird. Cause it's like, I'm so wrapped up in the day to day that I haven't even stepped back to think like, well, what am I building and how do I do that? Cause like I said, Right now, you know, mm -hmm. Pooch and Repcord are very much one and the same, and it's just like, well, that doesn't, that's not exactly the right thing, because if I get hit by a bus, then it's just, what, d door shut down, and then all this work we've gone to build some, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe we got a, mm -hmm. a, a $100,000 worth of equipment, but that's nothing in the big scheme of, like, what, you know, those those mm -hmm. assets, your, your, your company value is not the assets, it's, it's, the, it's the brand, like you said, it's the context, it's the experience. And so if you're going to find somebody ultimately that wants to buy you, they need to believe that it will continue to have that value without you. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot yeah. of times there's a transitionary period and all that stuff, obviously. But I've, I've been strategic about that, like by not making me the center of the company and trying to, you know, make it mm -hmm. smart, able to run on its own, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so during during kind of the planning of this of this episode, you know, we were kind of talking, you know, uh, Pooch and I about, you know, maker entrepreneurs and kind of our core personality traits. Um, and again, it kind of all falls back to that genius, you know, with a thousand helpers. And in many cases, it, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but we as these maker entrepreneurs have to learn to make ourselves irrelevant. Um, you know, and so that irrelevant. we, you know, yeah, yeah irrelevant to yeah. the point where, you know, if we could be removed from the thing, there is some lasting value. And so some of those things that we, you know, traditionally in business, we talk about is just like, okay, intellectual property, is it, uh, you know, processes or, you know, uh, documentation, is it skill sets, uh, you know, social capital, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so could you touch on some of the things that you've done at Thingergy, like to kind of build up that social capital, you know, any intellectual properties or just knowledge bases that you've, formed over the years i don't i don't even know how to answer that so, <laughs> social capital okay, like how, I'm, about, how about maybe, maybe i'm a little confused on sure well, how about so this social capital the, he Go talked ahead. about the rolodex so i, I to me yeah. it seems like yeah. a lot of what keeps the that phone ring is just is just your reputation right yeah and yeah. so the so, fact that, that we're a union shop and will the phone and you know i show up at the union meetings and network with people like mm. mm -hmm. that that's why the phone rings Phone, you know, yeah. And, and so, I don't take yeah, out so ads. Social... I don't take out ads. Yeah, you know, social <laughs> social media doesn't get me the jobs. Frank's the one entity sure. left in the yellow pages these days. Yeah, you know, <laughs> why nobody calls? I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was kind of referring to just again like social capital in the sense of these are your people. These are the people inside the organization. Mm -hmm. That relationship, you know, kind of how you've been building up. Um, you know, over time, it was a term coined again by Jim Collins, um, you know, in his books, good to great and built to last. Um, God, I still don't even know how to answer that one. I'm sorry. Sure. That's all yeah, right. I mean, That's we, all we right. Just, we, the people, uh, you just kind of find your way and yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of make, I make more good decisions than bad. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, there you go. As long as I make 51% good decisions. Yeah, then hey, we'll that get to the works. Next, get those house um, odds. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. Well, don't... let me let me focus in on. I'm sorry, another... I'm like flubbing that question. No, I don't no, know no, you're no, not. no. That's totally fine. <laughs> that's a tough one. The <laughs> the people that you surround yourself with, the people that you hire. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned too, like whether it's your vendors or your your employees and stuff like that. And that's a that's a learning experience that takes some time and experience. Like everybody talks a good game when they're first coming in, right? You know, your your resume. Everybody's resume looks great, and they're always yeah. The references. I mean, who's putting references that aren't going to give them a glowing reference, right? So yeah, you, you don't talk about your bad sides on your resume, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, you know, the people that you want to work with and want to work with you know that they they understand what Frank and what Thingergy is about and they are mm-hmm. on script, you know, mm-hmm. for that. Um as you get bigger and you're thinking about okay, if this place is for sale, like are, are those people there because a lot of them are going to be there because they like working with you. And so it's like, if it gets sold, like, are they going to want to stick around? Like, how do you build a culture uh, that is greater than just yourself? Is that where you have to start getting those middle managers involved and stuff like that? Where it's the ownership? Probably, but it's also sort of methodology. It's Mm. like, how is it structured? I think Mm. Um, because everybody Mm -hmm. structures a company like what, what we do different, like, you know, the, the people that are my competitors, there's, they're structured different than I am. Mm. And so it's gotta be, there's gotta be just like that groundwork of like, how, how was work divvied up? How was communication divvied up? How is your project mm-hmm. management run? How, like, what's, what's the communication style? What's the, what's the like tone inside the building? Like how, how, yeah. you know, there's some, mm-hmm. there's some workshops that I've gone to where it's just like silent, you know, every, like you have your headphones on or, and, the whole place Everyone is silent. But when you were here, like we all had music on, oh, the music singing, like we're yeah, yeah. like I was singing, everybody was singing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's just like, but it's you know, mm-hmm. smell of polyurethane is in so, the yeah, air. Yeah. The ma- smell of making, you know, is is, <laughs> yeah. is present at all times. Yeah. Um. There's, but but it's 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 interesting because Frank would very much you know he's got to go off. He goes to his office, takes a call, does you know. Big, mm-hmm. big cheese boss man stuff but then he's right back out there and immediately like hands-on and in that and i'm thinking about it. it's like how do you how do you even define what the culture is well it's like you just know mm-hmm. what feels right and it feels right because you're just you know in it at the moment but i guess that's that's when you start to get to a level where it's um I don't you know, know maybe the problem is is that we can't define what the hell i'm doing so maybe that's where where my my problem is right now, if I could define and figure out how to um, Mm -hmm. explain it and quantify it, then it'll become more valuable. But because I'm just like, I don't know, we just do things. That's maybe that's something I got to work on. I don't know that that's a problem, man. I feel like that's a strength. But it might be, yeah, I was, I was gonna say it might be some of your biggest strengths because it sounds like, again, this is how one of you, you, you've actually avoided a massive issue potentially of, you know, you have this, this top down kind of, you know, C level executive and then middle management and then, you know, employees instead, you're just part of the team and you guys just all throw in together to get the project done or to get the, the job done because that's, what's important. And mm-hmm. that's how you provide that lasting value. So, maybe, you know, I, I, it might not necessarily <laughs> be a problem, but you know, it's, oh. it's definitely cool to learn about this culture because you know, there's so many times like, uh, you know, I've seen startups take, this approach of, okay, I'm the capital F founder and everything branches out from me. Mm. And in, in, in part, when it comes to decision-making or the, the vision of the company, everyone's waiting or looking up to the founder and no one wants to question their decisions. Mm. Um, 
you, you know, and it creates this 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 paradox, if you will, that prevents the company from growing because you have one person who ultimately is in control. Mm. You know, mm. yeah. Um, I th there's probably a little bit. I think that that might be somebody that's leading based on ego or greed. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because they think that sure. well, I'm in charge, so I'm going to go take a vacation. I'm in charge, so mm -hmm. I need a big salary. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. in charge, so I'm going to hire somebody to do all the things that that are too tough yeah. to do. You know, like yeah, um, sure. You know, uh, yeah. I never thought of it. I, I think of like most of the time, I think of middle management as a huge waste of space. You and know, money and, and that and time and that yeah. bureaucracy yeah. of just an extra person and an extra layer of communication. Like I've I've attempted to have project managers in here before. I've tried hiring people to be like you know kind of shop supervisors or something like that. Sure. They're all useless tits. Like, maybe, <laughs> and, and maybe I was just hiring the wrong person, or maybe they weren't the right fit for me. Yeah. Um, or maybe they're just straight up useless tits. It's it <sighs> was, um, it just didn't work. They just wanted to. They just wanted to like sit and brood on their laptop and drink their coffee, and, and it's just like, well, what are we doing? What are you? What value are you adding to sure. this? Oh, I'm a I'm people make, person. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. And it's just like. I don't see anything moving any faster than if I didn't have you here. I don't see anything mm -hmm. any more organized than if I didn't have you here. It's not like sure. you came in and after three months, it's like, wow, this place is great. This is humming. It's like, sure. Well, no, you just yeah. wanted a, you just wanted a, a fat paycheck to sit there and, I just and, I and type away on your keyboard. Yeah. yeah. I really like, struggle oh, with this because I'm, I'm totally with Frank on this and it's, it feels like one mm -hmm. of these things where we, we just go, well, like, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it when I see it. And uh, mm -hmm. when you when you bring people in, like I, I, the process guy in me wants to define, like, okay, well, we need to have so and so. Like, I, I want to solve the hit by a bus problem. Like, I want to know that mm -hmm. um, that the company can operate. If I do, I, I want to be able to go on vacation. Frank wants to be able to go on vacation. I want to know I can leave for a week and trying, and and stuff isn't going to come grinding to a halt. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to yeah. pay out the nose for that luxury either. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's where I start playing with, like, people don't care unless they really feel like they've got skin in the game in a certain way mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. And they have, they that's have expensive no, in a different way. They have nothing to lose if it fails. If this company fails, yeah. my project manager will just go to another shop. And they'll say, oh, well, Frank didn't mm -hmm. run the company well, so that's why it failed. It's like, mm-hmm. You know, like if I got the company going and it's chooching along sure. for 10 years and then this person comes in and, I'm, you know, we're we're dead after one project. Mm. That's not my failure, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. uh, so that, I mean, they, yeah, they have nothing to lose. If I go out of business, it's, it's my ass. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So those people don't, they just, they just want to sip their coffee and collect their paycheck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I haven't found a, a shop supervisor or middle management that I can afford that's worth it. Now there's people out there like a buddy of mine just left another company, man, if I could afford it, he would be the perfect person to run this place. Yeah. Um, sure. Money um, and money. I can't, I can't, I can't afford <laughs> yeah. him because he's mm -hmm. that good. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's a, that's another, uh, so anybody that is worth their shit way out of my price yeah. range. Um, sure. And you know, when we were talking about having somebody so that I can go on vacation, it's like, yeah. Okay. So do I want to add another, line item to my yearly budget a ninety thousand dollar a year line item so that i can go mm -hmm. on vacation for 10 days mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah 
Yeah. Well, and given the cycle, <laughs> it's interesting because you're 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 a job shop. Given the cyclical nature of things, like you've, you'd mentioned to me, you've you've turned over entire batches of employees multiple times Twice. over. Yep. Yeah. That 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 there's a scaling up and a scaling down. The the human uh, capital aspect of what you do is is it's it's got to be beneficial mm-hmm. in some business ways, but also really frustrating. Cause it's like, I know you want to keep people busy. You, you mm-hmm. like being able to, but I think a lot of you, you mentioned a lot of your employees love that they can just come on for a job and then they can take a little break and they know that, you know, when the time is right and you got another gig that's appropriate for them, you'll call them up and that's a strategy flexing up, flexing yeah. down mm-hmm. and being okay with that. But not every industry is set up that way. That's right. And the film industry sure. really is set up to be that kind of gig based, you know, job economy. Right. And mm-hmm. and then the the added added layer of me being a union shop, so that no matter where that person goes, what job they go mm-hmm. to, they still keep their benefits. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. a lot of the people that are my competition, you know, I have for so for the the movie industry, so we're mainly props and costumes, right? And so the prop mm-hmm. union is the 44 and the costume union is the 705. So those are the two big pools of people that we, we pull from a couple of it, like paint union and blah, blah, blah. But those are our mm-hmm. big things. So if I need a prop maker, I can, you know, call the hall and I can get a bunch of phone numbers. And right now nobody's working. So I have the pick of the litter and I could say, I need you for a week for five, for two days, for one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. They come in, they, they get their union benefits and then they can go to another sh- another show or another shop or whatever. And you can mm-hmm. work on set or you can work on at a, at a facility like mine, same thing with costumes, mm. but not every, not every industry is set up that way. And then within our industry, there's a bunch of non-union companies that aren't set up that way. Mm. So there's a couple sure. of my competitors that are non-union shops that don't have this union benefit. So if somebody has golden handcuffs over at, you know, XYZ mm-hmm. company, you know, if you stay here, you'll have benefits. But once they don't have work or once you're not there or they go to another shop, they don't have that benefit anymore. So sure. Sure. I, 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 <laughs> I've been kind of loudly calling all these people cowards that they don't go union because the, the movie industry, especially specialty costumes and props and, and all this stuff is a, is a unionized industry. And for all these other facilities that haven't done what I did, I just think that they're mm-hmm. cowards because it makes, it makes my life easier the union doesn't like mm-hmm. tell me how to run my business. It just provides sure. a better, um, a better way of living for all of our employees that we all share. Because mm-hmm. all of my competitors, we all share the same employees. Like, mm-hmm. why not? You know, yeah, make everybody yeah. get the same benefits. I mean, that sounds like a massive strategic advantage to you. You no. know, by it leveraging is, it is. that. I so. mean, in some ways, it is because mm-hmm. I could hire these really, really great union craftspeople. Um, and I could mm-hmm. also hire the non-union ones and then get them in the union or yeah. I could hire the non-union sure. ones on a non-union project and it doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. you know, guys, we're closing in on the hour and boy, does time fly when you're having fun, but there is a question mm-hmm. in the chat that I'm hoping maybe you, you both want to opine on real quick before we close. Frank, are you good on time? I know you got a lot yeah, of work to do. Okay. I'm fine. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, uh, engineered AF in the chat mentions, uh, if you want somebody that you can't afford, we're talking about, you know, wanting to hire the person that you, but you can't mm-hmm. afford. He says, well, then you clearly have to offer equity. That's startup one one Do you agree with that? Sure. 
the the one person that that I'm talking about that I can't afford. Um, mm-hmm. Even if I had offered a, a percentage of this company, mm. this company mm-hmm. is not uh, profitable enough to make up that difference. That's mm-hmm. how much money this person makes. Like, sure, at, at, at the place that he ended up landing, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't afford that, yeah. even with equity. Yeah, um, and sure, you can call anything startup one hundred and one or you know. Toilet talk I love I it. Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. Great. I, I'm not trying to be a jerk to you, but like, who gives? What does that fucking mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything could be called 101. Yeah. Sure. I'll I'll just give equity so that people have that like fear of failure. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if the company goes under, he'll just go somewhere else too, and I'm left with, you know, mm-hmm. something I've built over 20 years that's now in rubble. Um, yeah. 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 It doesn't quite, so it's not quite the same. Not quite. Yeah, the same. I, I, I feel exactly. Equity, where he's they have to from. bring. They have to give me money. You know, like, <laughs> you got to invest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, gotta, so, they have to invest in me, not just like, oh, I want this project manager that I can't afford. Well, that's that's a really good point. It's a it's a two way like, street. That's a totally different a involvement, mm-hmm. and and yeah, I think and it's so, now, yeah. so. Do I sacrifice? Okay, to this mm-hmm. point, do I sacrifice a percentage of of the equity of my company? And mm-hmm. this enormous salary, which is more than I make, mm-hmm. so I can take ten days off a year and go on vacation. Like, no, hopefully it's for reasons bigger than just the vacation. But, so, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. so mm-hmm. when we're talking equity, like if if yeah. there's t- somebody wants equity in my company, they have to bring a like a financial influx. Like you want you want forty nine percent of my mm-hmm. company. Cool, bring in five million bucks, and we're gonna make everything nicer in here and we're going to go, we're going to get bigger. We're going to do whatever. Like yeah, we're going to yeah, staff yeah. up and yeah. blah, blah, blah. You, you have sure. to buy the equity. Like somebody's like, okay. So even if this person, let's just make a, an imaginary number. Let's say that mm-hmm. this person wants half a million dollars a year for salary. Right. Yeah. And I say, mm-hmm. well, I can't afford a half a million dollars. I can afford a hundred thousand dollars a year. And in exchange for that, I'll give you 5% of my company. If the company fails, Viper, yeah. who cares? You know? Yeah. And then they're losing so, out on $400,000. I can't make up $400,000 of extra income. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a real what, like, like oh, yeah. it's 101. It's, that's a really fuzzy gray area math. That's. Yeah. You know, so how, I, how I've seen it done and, and in my experience, so I, I've had a previous company where we went out and we raised venture capital. Uh, you know, around the tune of about two and a half million dollars over the course of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, typically as as these companies, you know, these startups, you know, that are venture backed, you set aside what we call an option pool, and the option pool is for key hires or employees that you reward those with those stock options. Uh, you know, because you might not be able to pay them their two hundred thousand dollar a year salary for a key engineer, so you offer, hey, we're a startup, you're going to get all of the cool flexibility, the funness of the startup. You're going to get $100,000, but we're going to give you 1% or 2% of the company. Now, yes, today, that is nothing in comparison to what your salary is. But if you believe in the idea and the potential, over time, as we continue to grow, that 1%, 2% that you own is going to be worth $10 million, $20 million, whatever it might be, if the company is successful. Well, that's um, a big if you know, yeah, for a lot it, of people. It, it comes back down to the that's big if, gamble. and it's yeah. not right. It's not right for every company. Uh, and, you know, like for uh, for the previous one that we did, we had a 10% option pool. And then we had to re-up and we had to make it another 5% larger. Now, 
every time you raise another round as a company, the pie doesn't get bigger. You know, it, like you still always have 100% of the pie. It's just when you have to issue more shares, everyone has collectively a little bit skinnier piece of pie. And, uh, and so each time we do that, like, yeah, the pie is hopefully worth more. Um, and, and you know, it, it could be a benefit, but in, in many cases for small businesses or even medium-sized businesses that have bootstrapped, giving equity doesn't really it's 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 not going to be something that's necessarily super valuable unless you believe or the person believes that there is going to be something where hey me joining the thingergy i'm going to be able to bring in my rolodex of people at these movie shops or whatever and we're going to be able to get so many more contracts mm -hmm. and we're going to grow this thing even bigger um you know well not just yeah, that I, but there has to I be an it. exit mm -hmm. for them to get that value too so there has they have to be to an exit exactly you're... yeah so mm -hmm. anyway go yeah. ahead frank yeah no well the the person that i'm talking about where they landed like he's mm -hmm. actually i'm watching in the other screen he's texting me because we're working <laughs> on a project together his company is hiring us to do That's some awesome. projects with them so the relationship's not mm -hmm. gone it's not yeah. it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we're still working together because we're buddies we like each other He's super, super talented. And now he's running other stuff where he's like, hey, I need your help because you're good at your stuff. You know, so it's, we work. And I've also mm -hmm. connected him with other projects. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still all within our, our Rolodex and within our little spider's web. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just not helping me run the company, but yeah. he's helping yeah. me in other ways by bringing jobs in and vice versa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, th th I mean, that's a fantastic point, too. It's like, you know, you never know where relationships are going to lead. And, and it, uh, you know, what's right for people at certain times in their life? Like, you know, who knows? Like, mm -hmm. you, you know, down the road, maybe that is an option. Like it, it, uh, what you talk about in the traditional venture capital funded world, Andrew, oh, is, is obviously different. totally yeah. different from a bootstrap startup. Um, and the, mov and the mm -hmm. movie industry is so ridiculously misrun and upside down like you know we talked about this a little I'm bit sure. when we were down here mm -hmm. yeah everybody goes oh the movie industry that's where they that's where they really do it right they have all this money <laughs> to make all the things if you saw how the sausage was made over here you guys would be like how it's a it is literally a miracle that any show ever gets made and it ever gets made. you're just <laughs> like it's always like the seat of your pants it's on fire you're you know sliding in like covered in dirt mm -hmm. to the finish line like it's always yeah. a nightmare and it's always wrong and it's always like that shouldn't be the way you do it and case in sure. point if you go watch that that netflix series called the movies that made us mm -hmm. watch it every single show all of these like the greatest shows we've ever seen almost never got made right and, and it was always like up until the very last second it wasn't you know ghostbusters wasn't going to be called ghostbusters because they were going to be sued by the people that own that name or the, like oh, wow. everything mm -hmm. is always like a train wrecking on fire and that's <laughs> in the movie industry it's just it's ridiculous and this yeah. business isn't necessarily for everybody and it, you know like i've had some employees that have learned that the hard way um but i can see how it'd bring a it, lot of stress potentially i mean it's just always on fire and, and then you're yeah. just trading it off for the, the next thing timelines are always horrible the budgets are never mm -hmm. as much as you, you you need um I mean, there's, mm -hmm. I mean, clearly I've built this, so there's opportunity to to do it right and to carve out a little niche mm -hmm. that's not a train wreck all the time. But, you know, we get, mm -hmm. I get a call that, you know, this company needs 100 or 200 things in nine days and, okay, cool, we'll figure it out. You know, like, you know, there we do all these like weird things in very ridiculous timelines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's not for everybody. 
No, it's, it's not. Sure. And how do you keep and it's it a from mir- aging And it's always you. a miracle that anything ever gets done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. One last thing that I'd love to wrap up on, because you, you we did talk about this uh, as well. And you, when you're going through these <clears throat> potentially high stress things, you know, low budget, low time, <clears throat> time frame and all that stuff. <clears throat> there's times where you just got to be, you got to be comfortable with saying no. You got to be direct with people. The communication Ooh. component. That's the biggest frustration for us a lot of times. Like we're pretty straight shooting people. If you can get it done, cool. If you can't, tell me you can't. Don't jerk me around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you yeah. learn pretty quick who you can work with and who you can't as a result of that. What it, What is your barrier? Because I know that you want to be able to keep that work coming in. But then mm-hmm. what, are, what are your red flags that you're looking at that say, you know what? This is a pass. Um, when I have a client that doesn't work as hard for me as I'm working for them. Um, mm-hmm. so the way that this works, and, and I'll give you a couple examples real quick. So there was, um, a major studio that has an archives department and they said, Hey, we would like you to make some mannequins for us, some custom mannequins to display some costumes from, you know, some very, you know, known mm-hmm. properties. Right. And they said, our, our last vendor is going, is closing up and, uh, you know, this is how much they they were charging for these things we would love to be able to do it cheaper because that was a lot of money and they were the only people that were doing it and um and they would have this like six week lead time or something crazy i was like oh i could do that almost half the price and in like two weeks like without batting an eye yeah and and they were like cool well let's let's do a let's do a first one let's do a sample so we went and we scanned you know some some assets we built a mannequin um, mm-hmm. And this was all in good faith because this is an enormous studio, right? That's mm-hmm. been around for about, probably sure. about hundred years, 100 right? Years, yeah. And um, and so I built this thing, and they came over and they you know, put the costume. On. It was great. This is awesome. I was like, cool. Here's the invoice. Uh, I'll you know finish, put the last coat of paint on it, and we'll we'll get it to you tomorrow or you know whatever. Here's the invoice. And they said, oh, uh, we're we're net forty five. And I was like. You're gonna net forty five me on a seven thousand dollar thing I just floated. I was like, oh man, here's an invoice, and and this I'm truncating the whole conversation. Sure, I was like, no, here's the invoice. When you figure out how to pay me, I got your mannequin here. And they were like, but that's not how that's not how our AP system works. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to you need to go into a vendor portal and set up your vendor, and you need to enter you need to enter your banking details, you need to enter your invoice details, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. I can't just hand you an invoice and you get AP to cut me a check. You, yeah, I give you invoice, you give me check. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like, and by the way, this thing's already done. You've seen it. You with your eyes, like you're you were here. You know that it's finished. You're gonna make me mm-hmm. wait for. I'm I'm gonna give this to you and then wait 45 days from for seven thousand dollars. And they were like, yeah. sorry, that's just how we do it. So I said thanks, but no thanks. And they're like, but you finished the mannequin. I'm like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. So that. <clears throat> so that relationship, I'm just like, I'm not worried about it because they weren't willing to figure out how to make AP mm-hmm. fucking cut a check for something mm-hmm. that I did faster and cheaper than their last vendor. Not yep. interested in that relationship. Other thing, mm. and and Pooch, you were here and you kind of saw this. We got a call from another enormous tech company, big, huge monolith said, hey, we need mm-hmm. 200 or 165 of these things in nine days for a commercial we're shooting. And I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. I go, but if I'm building it this fast, you got to like pay me fast. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we have one of these crazy AP systems. He goes, but wait, 
I'll have our production company pay you and then we'll just cycle it that way. That way you get taken care of quickly. I was like, rad, we're in. And we did it and it was fine. And now I have a relationship Mm -hmm. with them and I'm going to do more work for them because they were just like, oh, you're going to work fast for me. I'm going to work fast for you. We're going to be great. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. And they've been excellent Mm -hmm. to deal with. So Mm -hmm. um, if some, if a, if a vendor or or a client doesn't work as hard for me as I'm going to work for them, I don't, I don't care who you are, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a really good answer. And I know that's, it's a tough one just to wrap on, on it because there's a ton of large companies out there that are very abusive, uh, of, of their vendors mm-hmm. in this way, because they're like, well, you clearly, you, you want to work with us. We're, you know, we're the yeah. big wig and all this stuff. And yeah. it's, it's, I think it's powerful. I think it's powerful to say like, no, that's, that's not, I'm not going to be treated that way. Um, yeah. but they're like, well, fine. We'll mm-hmm. find somebody else that, that will. It stinks though, yeah. because and, and, they, and yeah. yeah, and someone will always bend over. And there's, yeah, you know, um, like I, I do. A, we do a lot of work for Disney Imagineering. Yeah, those and everybody's just like, oh, Imagineering, they take forever to pay. Nope, clockwork. Fourteen days, clockwork. I send mm-hmm. the invoice. Somebody on their end puts it into the system. I get a notification ten days later. Hey, your transfer's coming in, and then four days after that, it hits my bank. Like, I think. You, because you've mm-hmm. set a precedent that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. I, and honestly, I found that to be how, true with a lot of companies that if you're like, no, mm-hmm. I, I'm not extending 45 days. I will do 50. If you want to work with me, this is the deal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's yep. that you, you just got to do that give and take. It's a negotiation, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Note, um, but, but yeah, you need to have, you need to have a, somebody on that side of the fence that knows that value yeah. of making sure that their vendors are taken care of. Like, no, I got, I have vendors too that like I mm-hmm. take care of them. Like, yeah, I got to pay my you know, people. Yeah. 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 Like I take, I take care of, you know, I take a prayerful down, you know, downstream. Mm-hmm. You do. And that's why it pisses me off the most is it's like, if ever there's a company that can afford to pay, you know, you would hope the big guys, mm-hmm. you know, so wait, so, now yeah. I got to wait to pay my guy. Like I've got people to mm-hmm. pay too. And I don't, I don't yep. have a big, you know, bank account to yep. just ride that storm. Um, yep. So, yep. Good, good answer, man. That's uh, that's awesome, Frank. Mm-hmm. We could go, like I say, hours and hours just keeping talking. <laughs> this is always a pleasure. I, I've, I'm really glad that I got to go down and see a lot of how the sausage is made in your shop because I love it. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You got a great place. You got good people, uh, and you do just the best projects. Uh, and you know, I know you can't always get to talk about it right away, but uh, I hope you keep sharing because it's really cool stuff. Yeah. We'd we love try. to see more we of it. Try. Love to see more of it. And thanks so much for your time today, man. This was a great conversation. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Okay, yeah, everybody, cool. thank you for tuning in. It's another one in the can. We will catch you uh, in two weeks because next week we are going to be at the Rocky Mountain Rep Rap Festival. So we're gonna yep. we're gonna be dark for that week, but uh, we'll be back. Uh, what is it? The twenty eighth for another episode mm-hmm. of Maker That Money. Until then, everybody have a great weekend. We will catch you soon. Bye-bye.